Greetings in the name of Jesus Christ. Welcome to our podcast. This is Pastor Madiba. If you happen to be in our area, you are most welcome to visit us. You'll surely feel at home. We appreciate your prayers for our ministry. We hope today's sermon will be edifying to you, your family, and your friends. Welcome. Greetings in the name of our, Lord, of our Lord Jesus Christ. Once again, it is a privilege to just to come into your household and to be able to have a fellowship around the Word of God. We appreciate the Lord once again for His grace and mercy. We appreciate Him for His protection and all the things that He has done for us. He made a personal commitment and a promise and said, I will be with you even in you until the end. Now, as long as we are still here, the Lord is with us, the Lord is in us. So we need to be comforted with those ways. Now, just before we read the scripture, I want to speak on influence. I think Brother Branham spoke several times on influence. So I just want to reflect on this subject that the man of God once spoke on. Now, before we read the scripture, let's bow our heads. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate this time that you have given, dear God, to be able to come and fellowship around to the Word of God. We appreciate all things that you have done for us, dear God, and we appreciate, dear God, for protection, especially in this time. We appreciate, dear God, that despite what the world is going through, we thank you for your provision, dear God. We definitely depend on your providence on daily basis, dear God. That is why a poet says, I can't even walk without you walking by my side. And that is, dear God, our desire for you to always be close by to us, dear God, because we know when you are close, the devil will be far. Bless the reading of the word and bless this broadcast as we commit everything to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Now, we appreciate the Lord. As I indicated, I want to speak on the influence. And then uh, let's just read the scripture. <clears throat> now, in this scripture, 1 Corinthians 9, verse 22 and 23, 
First Corinthians, the ninth chapter, 22nd and 23rd verse, reads in this manner. To the weak became I as weak, that I might gain the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might, I might by all means save some. And this I do for the gospel's sake, that I might become a partaker thereof with you. Paul says, to the weak I became weak, that I might begin the weak. I made all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. Now, when you read this verse superficially, you may think that Paul was saying, I'm hypocritical wherever I find the people. I just uh, fit in with them in order to win them. But that is not the case. That is why we want to speak about the influence and be able to clarify what St. Paul was speaking about in this text. Now, I want to speak on influence. Maybe before we get there, let's get what is the meaning of influence. The dictionary or Webster that Brother Brenham used to love says, Influence, it is the capacity to have an effect on the character, development, or behavior, or someone, or something, or the effect itself is the capacity to effect to ha to have an effect on the character development or behavior of someone or something or the effect itself the then just a remark so there is a, a secret strength in our lives that impacts the lives of others for good or bad, that secret strength is influence. So everyone is bestowed with this secret strength. I mean everyone, rich, poor, old, young, men and women, we've all been bestowed with the capacity to influence. And the influence can either be good or bad, but this secret strength is possessed by all of us. Now, so we are beginning to see that what is at the disposal of a Christian and the secret that a Christian has to effect a change on people, a change on oneself, a change on everyone that they come in contact with, that secret strength is influence. So if it is so, if it can be used in that manner or be misused in that manner, then it behooves us to look at the subject and understand how to handle it. Because we live during a time where everyone aspires to be influential. But a lot of people would want to be influential without understanding what is the, without understanding what the influence what influence is so let's just expound on that now 
there are elements of influence that I would like to draw your attention to. This is from where I'm sitting. This is at the pillars of influence. So for one to have an influence, either by design or by default, you have to be conscious of these three elements that make up an influence or that becomes the pillars of influence. Now, influence, the first pillar is purpose. The second one is consistency. Then the third is impact. So for you to have an influence, you must understand what is your purpose. And after you understood what your purpose is, then you've got to be consistent in your actions. You have to be consistent in your sayings. You have to be consistent on however way, whatever you do, your life has got to be characterized by consistency. Then when you have grasped your purpose and, you, and then you've got consistency, inevitably you're going to have an impact. And the impact is what we can measure the influence of an individual. So that means when you are a Christian, you must understand the purpose. And after you understood the purpose of why you are a Christian, then there's got to be consistency. And consistency, there's got to be consistency between what you say you are and what you are indeed. Because if you are inconsistent, then you are not going to have an impact. So we live during a time where people don't have an impact because people do not understand their purpose. And because they don't understand their purpose, then they cannot be consistent in whatever they want to do. Now, hence, they do not have an impact. Now, I just want to draw you to words that were written on the tombstone of one of the Anglican bishops. And this is what he desired to be written on his, on his tombstone. He said these words. The following words were written on that tombstone and I quote the ways. When I was young and free and my imagination had no limits, I dreamed of changing the world. While I became older and my wisdom increased, I discovered that the world would not change. So somehow I lowered my expectations and decided to at least change my country. But even this seemed impossible to change. And in the twin light of my life, during my last disparate attempt, I settled for attempting to change my family, those which were close to me. But unfortunately, I was not able to do this either. And now on my deathbed, I suddenly realized if only I would have changed myself, maybe through my example, I would have been able to change my family. Maybe through inspiration and support of my family members, I would have been able to better, to be able to better my country. Who knows? I may have been able to change the world a bit. Now, unquote. 
you get a sense that when this priest reflected on his life, he realized that he had spent most of his life trying to change the country. And when that did not succeed, he attempted to change members of his immediate environment. And when that did not change, then when he came to the end of his life, he realized that he should have changed himself. And per adventure, he may have influenced the family, and the family may have helped in terms of influencing the country. And this is quite apt to many of us. A lot of times, we want to change the world. We want to change the community. We want to change companies. We want to change everybody else except ourselves. So if you are going to have an influence, the first person that must be a, a focal point is you as an individual. We have to look at you as an individual. So that is what we are going to look at through this. Now, the prophet, just to follow up here, in this message, Influence, paragraph 18, Influence, paragraph 18, he says, I many times preach funerals, and I never try to say too much about the person that's passed on, because there is no need of saying it. The people, the life the man has or woman, whatever it might be, has lived, will speak louder to the congregation than anything I could say about them. I would never change their opinion, their life, their life told what they were. So Brother Brenham says, many a times when he comes to conduct a funeral service, he avoids by all means to speak about that individual that they are bearing because people would have long concluded what that individual was and was about based on the life that they had lived. So this is quite absurd. So you are beginning to realize that your life as an individual carries an influence. And through the influence that your life transmits, people will come to a conclusion as to who you are, what you are, and what you stand for. So no sermon at a funeral service can change how people think of you because of what you have lived, the life that you have lived before them. So now it behooves us that we have to be conscious and intentional about the kind of life that we live, especially as Christians, because somebody is watching. Now, I'm returning back to the influence, the pillars. I say there's got to be purpose, consistency, and impact. There's got to be purpose, consistency, and impact. Now, the prophet of God here says, or before I get to what the prophet speaks about, I want to draw your attention to purpose, consistency, and impact. So those are the pillars of influence. But let's hear what the prophet says about purpose. Brother Bram says in the message, I know my Redeemer liveth, paragraph 27. He says, and God did not make you and I just to see if he could do it. He made us for a purpose. Therefore, there is a purpose of us all being here. You are not here just to be another human being. 
you are here because that God made you for some purpose. You are not just here to eat the food that God growed. You are not here just to live in the house that man made or to wear the clothing that someone fashioned. You are here for a specific purpose. No matter how little you are, how big you are, how important you are, or how unimportant you are, you are here to serve a purpose. Now, the moment you understand your purpose, then you are going to be consistent because purpose brings consistency and consistency brings an impact. And that, when you look at the three elements holistically, it tells you about your capacity to influence. Now, let us look. Somebody may say, I'm not much of a preacher. I don't do much. I don't lead the people. How can I be of influence? Now, let us look at the sphere of influence that everyone has. Firstly, you do have a family in which you grew in or you are growing in or you have grown in. Secondly, you have friends. And thirdly, you have a work where you've got colleagues. And fourthly, you've got church. So these are four elements in the sphere of everyone's influence. Your family, your friends, your work colleagues, and your church. Now, what makes us to be inconsistent or not to have an impact as people is because a lot of times we present different versions of ourselves depending on where we are and that contributes to lack of consistency and consequently lack of impact in our lives. When you have a family, there are certain values that you have to display before your family. And when you have friends, your values should not change. You have to be consistent. If you have work colleagues, your values must not change. You have to be consistent. And when you are with church members, it is the same. You can't be something at work and be something else at church because he that knows you from work, when he sees with the church people and you display something that you normally don't display, then you will be painted as a hypocrite. So that is why family, friends, work, and church. Though these are four components of your sphere of influence. You are an influential person even in church. You don't need to be a pastor. You don't need to be a deacon. You don't need to be an elder. You being there, somebody is watching your life. No matter how little you are, no matter how big you are, no matter how important you are, no matter how unimportant you are, we all possess a secret that is called the secret strength that is called influence, the capacity to effect a change on somebody. Because if that was not the case, then we would say, the people that can only, souls that could only be won to the kingdom of God would only be won by a pastor, which will obviously not be consistent with the scripture. So everyone can win a soul. And if everyone can win a soul, it means everyone has the capacity to effect a change or to influence somebody or to influence something to what's a direction that they would want to influence it to. So 
family, friends, work, church. That is your sphere of influence. Now, the prophet says in this message, influence, paragraph 19, he says, and then we now know just what we are doing, what influence, what we are doing is having upon others. The Bible says we are written epistles, read of all men. That is your life read so loud to the public until your testimony, if it's contrary to your life, is without any effect. So people do not check what you are saying. People observe. People observe whether are you living what you are saying. So there's got to be, and I think many of us, we might have watched at some point in time where you are watching a video, but what you, when you listen to the audio and look at the visual, the video, then you get a sense that the video and the audio is not in sync. So the moment that happens, it becomes very irritable to the eye. So similarly, when you say something and people see something differently, they hear you say something, but they see something differently, it brings a distortion. And that distortion, it is an irritation on people's lives. So when you say, I'm a Christian, and people hear you say you are a Christian, when they look, then they must see a Christian. There must be, there must be harmony between what you are saying and how you are living because the discord is what makes people to come to a conclusion that you are a hypocrite. Now, the prophet says that moment, when that moment, when there is a contradiction between what you say loudly in public and how you live your life, then it makes your life to be without any effect. He continues, says, it's what you are inside of you that people read not too much what you say, but what you are. See, you can pin something on somebody and say, this is that, or and so forth. Eh, but your life being different from what they say, your testimony of your life is louder than the testimony that somebody could say something about you. Yeah, so just keep that on mind, that we are bringing influences every day. And the life that you live proves what's on the inside of you. You cannot change that. It reflects every, every, every person reflects outside what he is inside. So I hope you get what the prophet is speaking about here. Even if somebody was to badmouth you, ultimately they might have had something about you, but they're going to watch your life. And if you are alive because it becomes louder than what people say about you, later on some people will come and say, look, this is what we once heard about you, but after we've observed you, we realize that it is not the same. What made them to change their minds is because they are watching your life. Your life, how you live your life, either vindicates your testimony or erases your testimony, but the choice is yours. And the moment people look at your life, you can, if you say you are a Christian and people watch you living like a Christian, then you are bringing a positive influence. And if you say you are a Christian 
and but you don't live a Christian life, then it brings a negative influence because the people come to the conclusion and say, church people are hypocritical. A lot of times, some people do not want to come to church. Some people uh, do not want to listen to the way because they have observed certain people living a life that was contrary from what they were claiming to be. And people came to the conclusion that there is nothing there. It's just hypocritical. So let us not be the poor representatives of God. We must at all times know that someone somewhere is watching. And how they observe, that is what makes our, that what's transmitting our influence either positively or negatively. Now, another thing the prophet has told us many a times, that uh, there is something that you can commit murder without committing literal murder. Let me come to this. You can kill somebody without spilling the blood. You can kill somebody without possessing the murder weapon. How does that happen? Let's listen to what the prophet says. In the message, the Hebrews, paragraph 349, it says, And you people with this so blatant tempest, that's always spouting off in the mouth at somebody, can't put up and things like that. Be careful. You are guilty if you speak a word against your brother that's not right, not just. Go around and tear down it. You don't have to stick a knife in a man's back to kill him. You can break his character and kill him, kill his influence. Speak against your pastor here. Say something bad about him. You just might as well as shut him. Told something that wasn't right about him. Well, it will kill his influence with the people and things like that. You are guilty of it, what Jesus said. So the prophet is teaching us that we believers have got to be careful of what we say. We have to be careful of our ways because our ways either can kill somebody's influence. And if it kills somebody's influence, then we are guilty to the, to the same degree as somebody that is guilty of murder. So, Brother Bram says, if I've got nothing positive to say about my brother, what do I do? I keep quiet. If I've got nothing good to say about my brother, I keep quiet. But uh, that restraint, it needs the Holy Ghost to guide you because the Holy Ghost within an individual produces temperaments. And Brother Bram says, temperaments, is self-control. When you are agitated, but you don't retaliate. When they speak bad about you, but you don't speak bad, bad about them in retaliation. A believer does not really retaliate. A believer depends on God to retaliate for him. I hope somebody gets it. Now, when we speak about influence, there are people that misconstrue that influence means you've got to be the powerful. You've got to look for power to be influential. But let's look at the, uh, the, the divine formula of how to be influential as a person. Now, the prophet says in this message, or maybe before I get to the, the way influence can sometimes be used for a self-centered thirst for power. That's why people will say, I want to be influential. I, I, I want to be influential. Why do you want to be influential? Because influential people are powerful people. 
it does not work like that within the Christian arena. And therefore, their desire, such a person, their desire for influence without humility, it becomes a power trip. And what I want to say here, control is not influence. There is a difference between control and influence. Influ control is not influence. But let's look what the prophet says here. The prophet says in this message, and welcome Christ, paragraph 165. He says, you know what? I've noticed this in my travels. You usually find great men are little men. Mm. Brother Brown says, I've observed in my travel, you usually find great men are little men. I go around where there is great men, really great men, and I know they are great men. But when I started to leave them, they make you think you are the great men. They aren't nothing. But you take a little two by four, don't know nothing. He thinks it's all of it. He are nothing to begin with. It's great men are little men. They never break or take honor. They make you feel that you are great. That's great men. So Brother Branham says, and these great men are influential. These great men that are little men are influential. And what brings about influence is because every person that they come in contact with, they, are, they value that individual. They look at that person as a human being. They appreciate that individual. Then that makes them to be influential. Now, let's put it this way. If it happens with men that do not know God, but however, when they meet a little man, great men make a little man to feel great. How much more about Christians? Christians should do exactly the same thing. Firstly, we must never undermine the people. Actually, a Christian, a Christian, whenever they meet every individual, they first see a soul before they see anything else. Before they see the status, before they see the background, before they see anything, the first thing that they must see, it is the soul. Because the moment you see a soul, you are going to respect everyone that you come in contact with. And when you respect people, then it makes people to feel embraced and appreciated. Then that makes you as an individual, as a Christian, to have the capacity to influence. Hope we are together. Now the prophet says in the message, humble thyself. Paragraph 77. He says, you know, Humble thyself, paragraph 77, it says, you know, people want power. And really, they don't know what power is. You see, people, and when you go and check, why do you want power? It's because people, they want to influence. But because they don't understand influence, that makes them not to understand the power as well. And if you get something that you do not understand, you are going to misuse it. If you don't know the purpose, abuse becomes inevitable. So, Brother Boom says, you know, people want power, but really don't know, don't know what power is. See, they don't really know what goes with it. The way up is down, always. If you want power, 
see how humble you can get. Because it is in the realm of humility where you're going to have the capacity to influence people. And in that realm, you can win souls. In that realm, you can influence your children. In that realm, you can influence fellow believers. In that realm, your life can become a testimony. So the prophet said, if you want power, see how humble you can get. Just get away from all your worldly thinking and humble yourself before God. Then you've got more power than the man that runs all over the building and makes a big a big lot of noise. See, because you have been able to conquer yourself and commit yourself to Christ, you see, to humble yourself before him, that's real power. Now, it brings us back to the final thoughts of that Anglican priest where he says, I want to change the world. I want to change the community. I want to change my family. But the one thing that I do not understand is that the secret of changing the world, the secret of changing the community, the secret of changing my family, it is first to change myself. And how do you change yourself? Then you've got to understand your purpose. Because when you understand your purpose, then it brings consistency. And when it brings consistency, then it leads to impact. Then we are going to check how do you, you can never understand your purpose unless first you come in contact with your maker. You have to conquer yourself. What does it mean to conquer yourself? It means that you have to die to yourself. Brother Brenham has told us many times that you've got to die to your own thoughts. You've got to die to your own idea. He says before you get anywhere, you must go through your own Jordan where you die. A lot of people want to carry themselves into the kingdom of God and they wonder why they are not effective because God needs nothing from you. That's why he wants you to die unto yourself. Then the moment you are dead and you are now a new creator, then you are going to become an instrument of influence that God is going to use to change lives. Now, the prophet continues. In the message, Humble Thyself, paragraph 78, he says, show me a church that's humble, real humble, not arrogancy, a church, just a sweet, humble church, I will show you a church that has the favor and power of God in it. So the reason, goodness, the reason many churches are not influential is because, again, you can't be used by God when you are arrogant. God, the value that attracts God is humility. So he says, that's right. That's the thing it takes, humility humbling ourselves before God, letting God just work through us. Don't have to make a lot of noise. You see, you don't have to make a lot of noise. All you've got to do is to, is to surrender to God. Everything, lay everything at the feet of Christ. Then from that time, God is going to use you. God will use you to change lives. And the greatest thing that God can ever use you for is to win one soul through your life. You know, I'm reminded of a time where a man came to church. And this man had been invited. This man, people testified to. But he just refused to come to church until one day he decided to go to church. And when he got to church, he told the pastor that, look, I'm here to surrender my life. I need you to lead me to Christ. 
And the pastor said, tell me, how, who, who told you about Christ? Did somebody testify to you? He said, nobody. Did somebody preach to you? He said, nobody. Then he says, did somebody sing a song perhaps to you? Nobody. Then he says, you see, at work, there is a man that I work with. I've observed his life for a number of years. And I've come to the conclusion because I've seen purpose. I've seen consistency. And that has had an impact on me. This person is a believer. I've watched them week in, week out, month in, month out. So I've come to the conclusion that if men can live like that, there is definitely a God that must be served. That is why I want to serve that God. You see, this is better than preaching. This is better than singing. So your life is a pulpit. Even you, sisters, your lives are a pulpit. Wherever you go, somebody's watching your life. You are preaching even though you are not a preacher, but you are preaching. And somebody can either be led to Christ or somebody can decide and say, listen, there is nothing on the basis of how you represent or misrepresent Christianity. Now, a prophet, now, you look at what influence can produce. Joshua would have never been what he was unless he had been under the influence of Moses. So Joshua could tell the people, I am who I am based on how Moses influenced me. Elisha was influenced by Elijah. All that Elisha was was due to the influence of Elijah on the life of Elisha. The disciples were influenced by Jesus. All that they became is because of the influence that Jesus had on them. Timothy was influenced by Paul. All that Timothy was, it was the influence of Paul. And today we are influenced by William Brenham in the end time because his influence, we watched his life. We watched consistency in his life. And we have come to conclusion, as Tommy Osborne once said, we have seen the life of Jesus Christ once again in the streets of Ohio, in the streets of Arizona, in the streets of California. That's what what he said. So as Tommy Osborne said about William Branham, today we must say exactly the same thing about every believer and say right in the streets of Whitbank, we have seen Jesus Christ again walking because somebody understood their purpose, because somebody, they were consistent on what they were saying and how they were living, and their life has had such an impact on people until people know that Jesus Christ is resurrected, not because a preacher says so, not because a singer sang about it, but because they've observed the life and they've seen the consistency. That's why they can say Jesus Christ is alive. Now, Brother Brenham says in this message, paragraph 131, influence. He says, young men like Saul, educated, smart, what an influence he was to the whole Christian world. He was sent as an, as an apostle to Gentiles when he met this Jesus in the pillar of fire that day knowing that that was the same God that brought his people out of Israel, out of Egypt, Israel, out of Egypt, 
if you could meet this same this same god that's the bible manifested proving that he is god the vindication of him right on earth now that his word is made known for he is the same yesterday today and forever what an influence you will be to your church <laughs> brother once you meet him what an influence you will be to your church to your community to the entire everybody you come in contact with you will be a changed person yes sir so the greatest source of influence it is when you meet the same one that paul met and after he had met that one he went on to become the greatest influential figure in the christian world and wrote majority of the new testament books from a murderer once he met jesus christ the influence spread all over so let us not just aspire to be powerful people let us not have the desire to have power i think the first thing that we need to do to understand our purpose let us come in contact with our maker let us check with our maker what he has designed us for and because once you come in contact with your maker then your maker knows your limits your maker knows your strengths your maker knows what he has invested in you and then your maker will harness what he has invested in you and the moment you come in contact with your maker then you understand your purpose and when you understand your purpose then you can become a person of influence what for because a lot of people want to be influential but they don't know what purpose their greatest desire the reason we want to be influential is not to build personal kingdoms is not to build personal empires our desire to be influential it is because we want to win souls to the kingdom of god is because we want to be the ambassadors of the kingdom of god remember brother brenham says when your objective and your motive are aligned nothing will stop you so a lot of times if you say you want to be a person of influence what is the objective if the objective is just to be popular it is a wrong motive if the objective is to be popular hallelujah or you want to be influential that is your objective but if the motive is just for popularity if the objective say yes i want to be influential but the motive is just to be popular then there is your motive is not right god is not a, is not going to beg it let me tell you something once the objective and the motive are in alignment and it has no ego in between god will propel you to greater heights david never designed and never aspired to be a king all he knew i'm just a shepherd boy all he knew i'm just out here in the wilderness and i'm taking care of the sheep all he knew the lion came and wanted to snatch one uh, sheep and i confronted the lion and i destroyed the lion the bear wanted to take one sheep i destroyed the bear that's all he knew i'm just a shepherd boy i'm just petite in structure there isn't much i'm just doing the best that i can do in my obscurity 
Then look at God. God just opened an opportunity that God knew about because David was in contact with his maker. He was just sent with a lunchbox to go and take it to his brethren. And when he got there, goodness, wonderful. Now when he got there, he found Goliath that had been there tormenting the king, the the king and the Israelites blaspheme in the name of the Lord. When he got there, he got he, he was the right man at the right time for the right purpose. Oh, brother, God will always bring those things in alignment. It's only God that can make sure you are at the right place at the right time for the right purpose. When he got there, look what happened today. Then he says, I can't allow this. I'm just a boy. Yes, the king is afraid. Yes, military men are afraid. But I'm not afraid because I've got a personal experience of the God that I'm speaking about. He had met God before the challenge. And look what he went to. He went on to destroy Goliath. And later on, even to this day, we are still studying about David. David's life is still influential in many people. The story of Goliath, David and Goliath, that story is being used in corporate cycles. That story is being used by people from diverse backgrounds. That story is, is understood by people that believe Christians and even people that are atheists. That story because the principles that can be learned from that story are influential. But what it took for that story to be there, it took somebody to be in contact with God, to understand their purpose, to be consistent, and their life became impactful, not only in their generation, but for many generations until in the end time. So the choice is yours. The choice is yours in terms of if you want to be influential, for what purpose? Now we look at, uh, there are some people that we can go, the people like Oziah, we influence Isaiah, but later on, Oziah became very pompous, him being a king. Now he wanted to get to make sacrifices and God struck him with leprosy. So one thing for sure, if you want to be a person of influence, be humble and furthermore, be in contact with God. Before you do anything, did God say, I must do this? Because when you consult with God before you do anything, then there's going to be consistency in your life. And somebody somewhere is observing you. And they'll come to you and say, my brother, because of you, I've decided to come and serve the almighty God. Brother Bremen says, what makes it difficult for the, for the church to have an impact on the community is because of the Laodicean spirit. Because one thing, we walk left, we speak right, but we walk left. Let us make sure that there is consistency in whatever we say. Somebody is watching. Now, in closing, there is a story of a young boy. On a Christmas day, the father went around delivering gifts in the community, and he took this boy along, and every house that he got to, they gave him a glass of wine. And in no time after he had covered several houses, after many glasses, he was drunk. Then he, as he was walking, Brahman spoke about this story, as he was walking, later on when he observed, he realized that his son was walking in a zigzag manner. And he stopped and said, son, what's the matter with you? Then the boy said, dad, there is no problem with me. I'm trying to follow in your footsteps. But because the father was drunk and the son was following in the father's footsteps, 
the son looked drunk, although he was not drunk because he was following somebody. So as parents, how, how we live and what we say we are, our children are observing. Even we as pastors, how we live, the congregants are watching. We Christians, how we live, other Christians are watching. We message believers, how we live, other churches are watching. And I'm telling you folks, some people either will repent because of our influence or some people will be condemned to the paths of hell because of our influence. And at the day of judgment, we will be held accountable for that. My greatest desire, let us be people of influence. But it starts with you before it moves to the family, before it moves to the community, before it moves to the country. And may God richly help us as we bow his. Gracious Heavenly Father, we appreciate you for the time that you have granted unto us. We appreciate everything that you have done for us. Dear God, we pray for believers, dear God, wherever they are. May you protect them, dear God. May you give them that inner peace, dear God, that in the midst of the storm, as Jesus slept on that boat, we as well in the midst of the storm, we can have the certainty that there is a God that is in control. The world is falling apart. The world will keep on falling apart. Things will continue to go haywire because we, are, we have been told that the end shall come and the conditions of the end shall be here. And here we are. We can see it. Paul said, prelates, time shall come. But dear God, in the midst of that, make us to be the people of influence. Our lives are available as pulpits from which the message of heaven can be transmitted to this generation. Help us, dear God. If sometimes we have been inconsistent, forgive us, dear Heavenly Father. Our desire is always to be consistent when it become, comes to the weighty, dear God. That what we say and how we live and what people see, they should all be in sync. It is our desire as we pray for every family, pray for every young man and young woman, pray for every brother, pray for every breadwinner, dear God. We really depend on your providence. May you continue to provide for us as we pray, dear God, and commit everything to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. May God richly bless you. I hope this will be a blessing. Be a person of influence, but understand the principles around influence and understand what it is required to be a person of good influence. May God richly bless you. Until such time, we meet again. God bless you richly.